Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello and welcome back to episode 84 of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. We are back to our normally scheduled entertainment or content or whatever you want to call it this week. We've got an amazing interview doing something a little bit different. Like I seem like I'm saying that every week, but I love uh, testing things. I love trying new things here on the podcast. That's why I love this format. But uh, today I'm going to be cross promoting my two different uh, YouTube or video shows. Uh, This one here is called YouTube Creators Hub. Thank you if you're a longtime listener and thank you if you're a new listener. Welcome to the show where every Wednesday I interview a YouTube or online video creator and I talk with them about their journey on the platform. I talk with them about online video strategy, about growing their YouTube channel, about gaining more subscribers, and most of all, more influence on the platform. But today, I'm going to be cross-referencing with my other show, which is called Tube Buddy Express. Uh, for those of you who've been listening to this show for a long time, you know that for the past year, over a year now, I've been partnered in support with the fine folks over at Tube Buddy. They sponsor this show every single week, and they have been for over a year now, which is very rare in the business, or in the biz, whatever you want to call it to sound super cool. But anyways, if you don't know what TubeBuddy is, guys, again, it's the Swiss Army knife, the tool that I use to make my YouTube channel, to take my YouTube content to the next level. It just makes everything easier. If you haven't already, click the link in the show notes and uh, go download it. It is a free browser plugin that you can choose to upgrade to the paid version if you like it. And I promise you, you will. So again, this week's episode is awesome. So about, I'd say six or seven months ago, I brought on the YouTube educator. Roberto Blake onto the show. It has become one of the uh, top two or three ranked shows I've ever done uh, with uh, getting close to now 100,000 downloads, which which in the podcasting realm, in the podcasting world, that is a astronomical number. It may not seem that much in video aspects, but in the world of podcasting, 100,000 downloads on one single episode is huge. Um, I knew it would bring a large audience. I knew it would bring in people who normally don't listen to the show. Uh, A lot of Roberto's audience. He does such a great job and is one of the top tier YouTube edutainers or whatever you want to call them in the business. You have him, you have Daryl Eves. Um, I like to include myself, Dusty Porter, in that uh, realm and spectrum as well. And then you have uh, Tim Smoyer from Video Creators. You have guys such as Owen Video. You have Nick Uh, Nick over at Nick Mims channel. You have, who else do we have that also does YouTube? I'm trying to give you guys all the people you need to go check out right now. And I promise you, if you go consume their content, you will be better because of it. Again, there's so many people that I've probably forgot to mention. But anyways, I did a interview, um, did an interview that was supposedly only going to be about eight to 10 minutes. But when when Roberto and I get on a call, it's really hard for us to only go 10 minutes. So he shouted out on Twitter that he was going to be doing lightning round interviews on people's podcasts. The first people who messaged him online would get that opportunity. So uh, Andrew from TubeBuddy found out about it, shot me an email uh, or a message via Skype and said, hey, Roberto is accepting, you you know, interviews right now for the podcast. And for those of you who know, all of us in the industry as entrepreneurs, a lot of times we can be very hard to reach, very hard to get a hold of. And I thought, man, I need to really capitalize 
on this opportunity. So what I'm going to be doing this week is I'm going to be airing an interview over 30 minutes of a conversation that I had with Roberto Blake about the changing spectrum, the changing realm of YouTube uh, with their new advertiser-friendly, I guess you would say debacle, dilemma, whatever you want to call it, basically talking with him about what we should do as creators to make sure that our content is always passing that spectrum of, hey, we can always monetize our content and what you need to look out for in the future. This was an intriguing interview Interview. We went very, very deep. We got into the weeds on this one, and I'm so proud of this interview that I'm actually airing it on this feed as well as the TubeBuddy Express feed, hopefully cross-promoting, bringing uh, some of you guys over there and some of the, the, the TubeBuddy folks over here. So again, this will air today on Wednesday on this feed, and then it will air again on Friday on the TubeBuddy Express feed. A lot of work and a lot of effort went into producing and creating this episode. So I really wanted to get the most out of it. And I really want to try to cross promote the audiences because this show is uh, is rather large compared to the TubeBuddy audience, which is about, say, 800 to 1000 downloads per episode. And this one is, is, again, way larger than that. So I want to see if I can bring you folks over there. Now, I do want to give a shout out to Lainey K, uh, L-A-N-I-E-C-A-Y. She left me a review about a week ago and says this over on iTunes. This is exactly what every new or current YouTuber needs to have access to when trying to grow their channel. The podcast is full of encouragement and practical tips for being successful in this realm of the internet. It is an absolutely invaluable resource for YouTube content creators of all kinds. Thank you, Dusty. Lainey, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for leaving me a review. And I really hope you continued success on YouTube as well. If you would like a review, uh, a review what? If you would like a shout out on next week's podcast, shoot me over a review over on iTunes. I read those every week before I go live. uh, And I would love to give you a shout out on next week's episode. Let's try to get to 100 reviews before the end of 2017. We're at 60 now. It would only take 40 more to get us there. So go there, pump out a nice review or a negative review. I'd like to know what you think of the show. And let's go ahead and get that number up to triple digits. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the show and I will see you on the other side of the conversation. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Tube Buddy Express podcast. I am so excited today to be joined by none other than Roberto Blake from Create Something Awesome. Create Awesome and all of his goodness that he's doing over there on his Roberto Blake YouTube channel. How you doing today, man? I'm doing awesome as usual. Thanks for having me, Dusty. Absolutely. You did a thing on Twitter where you you, you gave a shout out. Andrew from TubeBuddy was like, man, you got to get him on. I'm like, well, of course, if I can get Roberto on the show, I'm going to do it. So I moved some things around and I'm like, let's do this thing. So we're going to talk today about some uh, specific topics. In particular, I wanted to pick your brain today, Roberto, about advertiser-friendly content. So as YouTubers, as people trying to build a business and a brand around our channel, uh, you know, we're taking it to the next level. We're not out there just throwing videos randomly at the wall and seeing what sticks. We are actually trying to build a business, build a brand over what we're doing in the online video space. So YouTube, uh, as of the past six to nine months, they've gone through the whole adpocalypse. They've had a whole bunch of stuff happen. They've changed the way they handle the automated system that kind of checks for whether or not your video is advertiser friendly or not. So I'm going to let you go crazy on this topic. Go ahead and if you would drop some knowledge on the TubeBuddy audience here about what can they do to make sure that their content is advertiser friendly and also what would you suggest that they do? Well, first of all, what I need to do is I need to drop a bomb on everyone is that we're in the Adpocalypse 2.0 and nobody's talking about it. You're right. Nobody's talking about it. And you know what the the weird thing is, though? Like my channel, since this has happened, Adpocalypse 2.0 or, you know, the past few few months or whatever, I'm making more money on AdSense. Like it's blowing my mind. No, I don't doubt it. 
I don't doubt it. And there's a reason for that. And I'm going to, I'm going to get into it because the ad apocalypse, it does affect all YouTubers, but it doesn't affect all YouTubers equally. Um, in, in theory, you and I are both making more money or the same amount of money. Um, in my case, uh, since the ad apocalypse, I'm theoretically more money in some areas. Um, I had some, so much travel that I think for volume of content and the fact that I took a decline on views and watch time, but still made relatively the same amount of money. I think it technically would mean that if I'm doing that, then I would make more money if I was keeping my regular schedule. So again, that's just something that I've been noticing in my numbers. And you brought up that you're making like more money. And I know you can't get into the hard numbers, but that, that in itself doesn't surprise me as much because what it means, and what a lot of people don't understand, I'll, I'll get into some of this uh, on a deeper level, is that there's ad inventory because people are buying ads. And I don't think people fully grasp that. They're like, well, duh, Roberto, of course people are buying ads. That's why you know we make money on YouTube. But I'm like, but they don't get it. They've never worked in corporate America like I have on the other side, and they've never been an advertiser like I am and have or had clients that I'm managing the ads for or whatever. So they don't understand that we buy ads but then the YouTube, one of the many YouTube algorithms distributes and matches those ads up to appropriate channels. And the goal here is not to waste our money. The goal here isn't just to throw my ads on content that can't sell my product just so that some random YouTuber can make money. And again, that sounds like to some people will like, yeah, that sounds obvious, but like it's not obvious because there's a little bit of an entitlement with creators. And I'm not going to like, you know, I'm not here to beat up creators. I'm a creator. I, I'm the honest, but I'm being realistic here. Like, cause I play all sides because again, I've, I've got ad money to spend. Do I, do you think like Dusty, do you think that I want my ad money to go on a channel that has nothing to do with the product I'm trying to sell or does, or to an audience that has no interest in this ad and is going to skip it yeah, anyway. Absolutely not. Right. So we, we, we can't just as YouTubers just crap all over the advertisers and be mad at them for the adpocalypse stuff and doing what's right for their business. I mean, they're trying to stay in business. YouTube and Google are trying to stay in business. Those of us who create content for a living, we want to stay in business. So we all have to have a little bit of empathy for each other. And I think that's the part of the conversation that nobody has. But on a practical level, what this means is creators can be lazy sometimes with their titles and descriptions and tags, or they think that they need to do clickbaity stuff or cutesy stuff with that and that doesn't help the robots in YouTube. They're trying to decide, like, if, like, let's say, like, let's give a real world example, right? If I was doing an ad for a course, let's say I was putting out a YouTube course, right, on like anything, like, let's say uh, I was putting out a YouTube course on how to get your first 10,000 subscribers. By the way, I'm not putting out a course on that. If I put out a course, it'll be something much more technical than that. But um, let's say I was putting out a course on how to get your first 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. It would make sense for me to run ads on Tim Schmoyer, Daryl Eves, Roberto Blake, Owen Hemsath, or on even on like, you know, uh, buy influencer marketing on your podcast, right? It would make sense for me to do that as a business owner if I'm trying to sell an online course about YouTube, right? That makes sense, yeah? Absolutely, it makes sense. I mean, why why wouldn't you? I mean, you you and the thing that blows my mind, and to not interrupt your thought here, but is that people honestly think it's it's their right to have advertisements run on their videos, and that's just so wrong. That's not how you're supposed to look right, at it. Right, not to mention for your audience, for your viewers, like they are not going to watch ads that, and again, you don't really make real money unless people are actually watching the ads. They're not gonna watch ads 
just to support you more often than not. You'll have a few people who do that and it'll be nice and that's great and thank you to those people. But let's be realistic here. Everybody's asset is their time. Like even though it's like 15 or 30 seconds or whatever, that's 15 or 30 seconds that's taken away from them enjoying your content. They're going to skip past that. They want to get to your good stuff. And that and that's your content, the thing that you made. But the problem is that when they do that, you're not making real money. They need to watch the ad for you to make real money before they watch your video, right? So for them to do that, you're, if you want to make real money, you need to be pulling ads that your audience would sit through. And people don't get that either, right? Meaning it's not just any ad. I mean – you know, the odds are that if you have a super young demographic, there's not much point in marketing the new iPhone to them. There's not much point in trying to sell them a $2,000 gaming laptop if they came here and they're watching your Let's Play videos. The odds are they are – it's a younger demographic. There's only a couple of people in that audience that might be able to buy that, that gaming laptop. So even if you get those ads, those ads might not pay you a lot just based on your audience not aligning or you could get disqualified – from an advertiser advertising on your channel just based on the fact that – or as much, just based on how young your audience is because here's the thing that people don't realize. So when I buy an ad in Google AdWords because it's not even about buying ads on YouTube. It's about buying ads in Google AdWords. YouTube's one of the places those ads get distributed. They get distributed in other places. They get distributed on places like Yahoo and Dailymotion too, by the way, uh, when you buy from Google. So – um, a lot of people don't know that. They've never tried it. And so when I buy an ad, I can actually decide what topics I want my ads to play against, and I can exclude places too. I can decide, oh, I don't want my thing. My thing is serious. I don't want it to show ads on comedy channels, or I don't want it to show you know, ads on this thing, and I can get specific. I can say, you know what? I want this to target travel photographers. I want this to target business people. I want this to not target anyone under 24. I want this to, you know, not target anyone over 45 because uh, they might not, you know, be into technology or they may not, you know, care about social media or what. Like I can get that specific, okay? And if I'm getting that specific, it's because I don't want to waste my money showing something to people who don't want it. And if I can get that specific, you have to think wait a minute, let me go into my YouTube analytics. What audience do I have? What advertisers, what brands would probably care about that? And you should be looking at that for getting sponsorships as a YouTuber anyway, and for affiliate marketing and all kinds of deals. And you should be looking at that to understand like what products you can make as a YouTuber to sell directly to your audience as far as merchandise and other things. There's so much opportunity. I mean, we're talking about making real money as a creator. And so I think that people, they don't know their own data, they don't know their analytics, and by proxy of that, they don't understand why it doesn't make sense for certain advertisers to advertise on their content. And if you know that, then it might inform some of the types of content that you make and also how you're doing your keyword phrases, your titles, and your descriptions because what I got to tell you, Dusty, is that that does decide what ads play on your channel. Uh, mind blown, right? Oh, I won't do tags because so-and-so doesn't do tags or they just put their names in their tags and everything like that. You're looking at all these big YouTubers. And a lot of these big YouTubers, they've made good money on ads in the past just because of their volume and because of their audience. But in this age, Adpocalypse 2.0 is something different, Dusty. It's not about the advertiser boycott or the mass exodus this time. It's about advertisers paying much more attention to YouTube, being much more fiscally conservative, being much more risk adverse, and also 
taking a harder look at what their data is and whether it makes sense to invest in YouTube or how much they need to invest in YouTube in order to get what they want in terms of sales and also where they're putting their ads and whether that is a good idea or not instead of just going by, oh, I'll just get a bunch of eyeballs because my boss doesn't care. Your boss cares now because after the first apocalypse, after the Wall Street Journal, The Times, Wired, all this stuff got all this media attention, their boss cares. And so that trickles down, you know, crap slides downhill. And so now that the big bosses care, everyone's paying attention and doing more than just blindly getting as big numbers as they can. Now context matters to advertisers as well, because now it's not just a 25 or 30 year old being giving free reign over the ad budget. Now they're accountable. And now that means that YouTubers have to work harder to earn those dollars. And I know that sucks because, again, you work so hard on making your content, but you also now have to think strategically. And the thing is, in my mind, that's not the worst thing that could have happened. The worst thing that could have happened is a lot of advertisers could have just lost confidence and just left. Some already did. And what we also see is every time a big YouTuber gets negative press, this is the other part of the Adpocalypse 2.0, somebody's going to have to walk back into a boardroom and justify YouTube ad spending to their CMO or to the CEO of the company, every time that happens, you're going to have some groups of people who are going to be like, now I have to justify staying with spending the money on YouTube to my boss instead of moving those dollars over to Facebook that doesn't currently have a revenue share with advertisers, moving that money to Instagram, which I'm sorry, with uh, creators, doesn't have a revenue share with creators, moving that advertising to Instagram, which doesn't have a revenue share with creators. YouTube is one of the only platforms, Dusty that gives a crap enough about creators to split the hard-earned ad money with them. We can create content anywhere else we want, and we'll have to put the entire responsibility of making money on our own backs. YouTube helps us out, and a lot of people beat up YouTube and criticize YouTube and take a crap or a piss on YouTube without really appreciating where else are you going to go that fights that hard to help get you paid. Because you can go to other places and it's not gonna be as easy. You don't have any other platforms that I'm aware of that has made the number of millionaire creators that YouTube has, six-figure creators that YouTube has, not nearly as easily, you know? I mean— Yeah, yeah. and I, I've shouted that from the rooftops that, you know, it's 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 not our right. It's, it's a privilege to be able to have ads run on top of our videos. And at the end of the day, it's going to be about supply and demand. Right. So at the end of the day, if if there's not enough ads and there's too many videos, then what's going to start happening then is then YouTube is going to hand not maybe not handpick, but they're going to pick the videos they want to place ads on. And people always crap on the fact that, well, YouTube now requires you to have 10,000 views to even apply for the program. Well, of course they do. I mean, to be honest with you, they should probably require the, 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 the requirements to be much higher than that. And it's just one of those things where I'm just like, whenever anybody tells me it's, it's my right to run ads on my videos, no, it's not. It's a privilege, and people don't By understand that. By the way, that. YouTube is a free service none of us are paying for that hosts like, like a crap ton of footage. Like, I mean, my archives are, are – I mean, I have a 1,000 videos, and I shoot in high quality. Like, do you realize the file storage? Like, I, I recently just got – um, a great um, company to be a product sponsor, meaning they're not paying me money, but they gave me, um, you know, some product. And so, Western Digital and uh, Synology were uh, the company behind Drobo were kind enough to get me a 64 terabyte video backup archive that I can use 
uh, for all of my existing YouTube footage so that I don't have to risk losing anything anymore and so I can keep all my raw footage and so that I can archive things by year and so I can give my um, – I'm, I'm bringing on new editors instead of editing myself. I can give them remote access. So like – that company realized like, wow, you've got so much footage. And I was like, yeah. And I calculated how much footage I'm going to be producing per year. And they're like, wow, that's insane. This, you need this. And there are people like you that are going to be like daily vloggers or people like, you know, like people like Philip DeFranco. He's got like this news network and he's expanding his stuff. These are the kind of solutions that bigger like people and companies could need. And so I want to educate people about that. So we, we teamed up and we partnered. Right. And I bring that up just to put into perspective that do you realize how much money it would cost? cost me in the cloud to store 10 terabytes of raw video footage, my 4K, all my like stuff, all the the photos I do for the thumbnails. Like that's how much like that's how much my current archive is is 10 terabytes dusty of my current stuff and I'm producing new content every day. And uh, next year I'm moving everything to being 4K video next year. And so think about for free I get to host 10 terabytes of video footage for free and make money off of it and make money off of it. I mean, can you imagine if I had to pay to host 10 terabytes of video footage, how much money that would cost me per month, let alone distributing it? Like, no, 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 no. And they give me a platform that markets it. I don't have to drive web traffic like my own website does. Like, no, 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 no. This is a gift, right? And so um, YouTube be praised. And, and again, I'm, I'm not just sucking up to them or anything like that. It's not like they're going to do something special for me for that. It's the, the point is that the special thing they've done for us is they've given us all a shot. They've given us all a shot to compete with network television. I mean, look at Philip DeFranco. Philip DeFranco gets more views in a month than some news broadcast television networks do. Okay, that's insane, right? That that I mean, Jake Paul daily on an individual video upload outperforms multi-million dollar television productions in terms of views. That's a gift. And to do it without it being, oh, pay to play, that's a gift. And so the fact that we have this opportunity and we can make money off of it, I just think it's taken for granted a little bit. It is. It's taken for granted. And I look at, you know, I have my hands on a lot of different other, as, as we all do as entrepreneurs. And one of the things that I do is, you know, I do wedding videography and I do event videography. And it's amazing to me because what happens is, is people don't realize how much, uh, how much space and how much money it takes to back up and to provide hosting and space for all of the, the footage that you get at like a wedding or an event. And, you know, I mean, it's hundreds. Hundreds and hundreds of gigs and, and just imagine people's YouTube channels like yours and like mine with 700 videos. And, you know, it's one of those things to where people really they've, they've, they've really gotten to the spot to where they take it for granted and they don't understand the work and the, the logistics and, and the systems behind it. Now, in closing, I know you got to go here in a few minutes. What what what? What what would you say, Roberto? What's the solution to all of this? I mean, there, there's there's not a one stop 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 shop solution. I understand that, but but what are some things that we can do as creators that can maybe not guarantee that that our content will be advertiser friendly, but it will make it more apt to be advertiser friendly? I think that one of the things is you have to actually understand the advertiser platform, which is Google AdWords. So one of the first things I would say is go sign up for a Google AdWords account because it's free. You do have to put like a credit card in in case you were going to run ads, but then just don't run ads, right? Or, or like, so do that just so you can see the system that the advertiser sees so that you're playing with all the information, right? Because YouTube and AdWords are separate systems. They're completely different. Uh, they're different parts of Google. They're different uh, departments, uh, different 
like silos within the corporation, right? YouTube people don't necessarily talk to AdWords people. So AdWords is what gets us paid, but that's like for, made and built for the advertisers. YouTube was built for the creators and for the viewers. So these are separate products. If you go into AdWords, you'll start to see how the system works and you should play with it to see what happens when someone tries to set up an ad because that will be very informative to you. And then you can also look at like policies because what I see here does not match what you see over in YouTube because it's explaining it to a different person. I mean, that makes sense, right, Dusty? That makes 100% sense, yeah. Let me read to you. Do you mind if I read to you real quickly what uh, the AdWords help says? about what they call the standard content filter and so how this applies to things that may not be suitable for all advertisers because I know that's a big yeah, deal ahead, right now. Go ahead and read through that. So it says about the standard content filter. The standard content filter is the primary tool for content exclusions in video campaigns preventing ads from showing next to content that advertisers deem inappropriate. The filter excludes the most inappropriate or graphic content from all of the individual sensitive content categories. The filter is automatically enabled for all new video campaigns. That is the difference between what we have now and what we used to have, by the way. This filter is now automatically applied for all new video campaigns versus you used to have to check a box before that. Now it's automatic. So that's the thing that is the biggest issue for most people. Now what this says is, this is automatically enabled for all new video campaigns and is recommended for most advertisers. You can exclude additional content by using the sensitive content categories in the content exclusions menu to select the specific areas where you want more protection. And then there's actually a whole thing about sensitive content categories, which I'll get into in a second. Differences between the standard content filter and the sensitive can, uh, content categories. While standard content filter excludes the most inappropriate content, it doesn't exclude everything that a particular advertiser may find objectionable. The sensitive content categories allow you to opt out of additional content that many advertisers find inappropriate. To illustrate the difference between these options, the following are examples of content that would be caught by the filter alone, which covers content from all categories, and by the individual content categories themselves. So I'm gonna actually read this off real quick to you, but I wanna say this, if I was still working in corporate America, I can guarantee you that my chief marketing officer would say that company policy is that you check the sensitive content categories off, period, end of story, we're not paying to run ads on that. I guarantee you that if I was in corporate America, those would be the instructions I would have, and if I broke that, I would be fired. So. For everybody that is creators, I understand why we're worried about this. Oh, we worked so hard on our thing and now it's harder than ever to make money. I get it, but that's also why I've talked so much about the importance of diversifying your revenue. It's why Philip DeFranco has talked about it. It's why other people who have experienced YouTube from the very beginning have said there's always got to be something other than AdSense that you depend on because they knew at some point as people who lived in the real world and who have like, you know, had like, you know, lived hand to mouth before, they know that like if all your eggs are in one thing and that one thing goes away, you're in trouble. They've lived through it. So let's go into uh, the differences between these filters. So tragedy and conflict. The standard filter excludes graphic footage of combat or war. The sensitive content category excludes that plus footage of soldiers marching with weapons, for example. Sensitive social issues. The standard content filter would exclude videos that intended to elicit a response about controversial issues. The sensitive content category filter excludes that 
and news commentary about controversial issues. Primary example being anything with the current administration may not necessarily be hit by the standard filter, but like, you know, but the the sensitive content filter would hit that, meaning that if you did con uh, commentary, let's say it was anything to do with the potential war with North Korea, right? Just doing commentary on that by itself would probably be caught by the sensitive content category filter, which by the way, most advertisers will say, yeah, we don't want to have anything to do with that. And that's not unreasonable. Um, sexually suggestive content, content filter excludes standard content filter excludes videos about sex or sexual products. So, you know, that, that might, you know, be that I, I think technically that could include anyone who's doing sex education on YouTube, people like Hannah Whitten or Lacey Green. So they would get hit on that. The sensitive content category, uh, excludes the above plus music videos, with suggestive themes. And those music videos could include parody. So something to consider there. Uh, sensational and shocking. Standard content filter excludes videos of disasters or accidents that show casualties or death. The sensitive content category filter excludes that plus moderate disasters or accidents that show minimal casualties or harm. So anything with the recent superstorms like um, Irma and um, you know Jose and things of that nature. Profanity and rough language. The standard content filter excludes videos with frequent use of profanity. The sensitive content category filter excludes the above plus videos with profanity that has been bleeped out. So that means even if you're bleeping it out, and this is where Okay, if you're seeing that yellow thing in YouTube that says may not be suitable for all advertisers, what it's saying is it's not that you're demonetized and it's not shadow demonetization. What it means is that there are probably advertisers in the available pool of advertisers who have applied the sensitive content category filter, i.e. anyone who has corporate bosses above them like I outlined, um, probably instructed them to select that as well and – Therefore, your content could be excluded from those advertisers. You might clear the standard filter, but then anyone who's opted into the sensitive content category for one of these things, if your content matches that, then that will be a problem. And how does YouTube know if your content has matched that? The title of your video, what's in the description of your video, the tags for your video. Okay, Roberto, I'm just not going to use any tags. Well, you also could be screened out and excluded if your video doesn't have tags because if your video doesn't have tags because you're trying to say, oh, well, that's just how I avoid getting demonetized, you actually can lose monetization based on that because then it can't match you very well because it has no context to match you to advertisers to say you're the best advertiser for this product that's getting high dollar revenue and bid on because, again – YouTube and Google aren't in the business of trying to lose money on purpose. They're corporate. They're a, a corporate uh, privately held company with shareholders who want to see record profits every quarter, you know, like every corporation in America does, you know, to the point to where, you know, slight tangent, they might poison or kill us to do it or give us a crappy product that burst into flames in your pocket, uh, you know, just so that they can make a few extra bucks. We've seen that happen, right? I think all of us watch the news, or at least we watch the YouTube news enough to uh, to see when that happens, when people try to warn us, like, you know, like Philly D and people of that nature. So I, I feel like it's just important to bring out that that's where 
the demonetization is coming from. That's where the not suitable for all advertisers are coming from. I mean, now that I outlined that, now that I read the policy, and now that I've added just a little bit of context, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it makes complete sense. But the thing is, is that people are going to have to do their research themselves, right? Like, they're going to have to go and kind of cross-reference and cross-check things with this list that you're talking about. Because, you know, when all this started happening, I looked that list up myself and started kind of uh, cross-referencing some things. And I really, for me, it's kind of unrelevant, not relevant because of the type of videos that I do being tutorial and educational. It's very rare that I talk about something that would even uh, come come close to, to being involved in one of these categories that you mentioned but the thing that that's that people are running into Roberto is that there's there's such a big gray area uh, you know, with with the automated system that YouTube's put together that's kind of picking up certain videos but not picking up other videos you know and by the way it's not getting it right 100% it's not getting it right 100% of the time it's it's machine learning it's not going to be perfect right away it gets better as time goes on and that's why we're in this 2.0 that I talked about because that's a that's a big issue is that the learning curve is steep and it's hard for any new technology for any to like Facebook went through it and is still going through it, by the way, on some stuff. They're going to go through it again because they have to combat fake news. Now, Apple's deploying machine learning. Do you, do you think that's going to be perfect? Do you think that face ID is going to I think we know that face ID is not going to be perfect on the iPhone X. I think we we're coming to understand that, right? Yeah, I think I think that's definitely definitely uh, true on that. It's gonna, it's going to take time, and and the thing for most creators that that they don't want to hear is you're going to have to be patient. And the most frustrating things that I've heard from creators on on my end, people that I work with, is that well, Dusty, you know, I'm getting demonetized for the first 24 to 48 hours of my video's existence, where they make, where they all, make their all of their money, where- you know, and and so yeah, I do, I get it, I understand that, but just keep doing it, keep producing the content, stay consistent, be persistent with your content, keep creating quality stuff, and it, it will be worked out. I promise you, they will figure this out. Or do what Scorsese would say, one for me, one for them, meaning that if you have figured out what you know is safe from a money standpoint, and again, some people, some creators will hate that I'm saying this, but I'm like, the fiscally responsible thing to do is to figure out a one for me, one for them strategy, meaning go Go completely unfiltered and like chips fall where they may and make sure that you're doing right by your audience if that's what they want from you and do that. And then the next video is one that you know is safe to make you money based on previous data and studying this and knowing, okay, this is this keeps me clean, whatever, and you make your money. And I don't think anyone can fault you for going one for me, one for them. This is going to for sure get demonetized, but it's what the people want. This is going to make me a crap ton of money, but I might have to hold back a little bit. I don't think – and anyone who faults you for that, they're not – in my mind, they're not a real fan, to be honest, because if they're a real fan, they want you to stick around, which means they understand you have to make your money. And if they want to support you doing rogue content, guess what? That means they need to donate to your Patreon. I insist that if you want rogue content creators and you are anti-PC culture, if that's what you think is happening, or you're anti-censorship or you're pro-free speech – then it's not free. Put your money where your mouth is. You subsidize those creators that you love and you make them stick around. Otherwise, don't complain about how a free system operates in a free market economy. Like that. And again, there's people who are going to adamantly disagree with me on this, Dusty, but as a business owner myself, that's the reality because I, I be, I'll be daggone if anyone's going to tell me how to run my business. I will be daggone if anybody, I'll be daggone if one of my employees thinks that they're going to use their free speech, say what they want to me, and I not fire them. Like, 
Sorry. It's like you say, hey, Roberto, like, you know, I think you're a goofball. Great. You're fired. Like, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating there, but I'm like, yeah, try and tell me what, like, try and tell the boss what to do. I mean, you worked, you've worked in the real world, Dusty. Does anyone get to tell the boss what to do? No, trust me. There's times I wanted to though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you and me both. I think, I think that's why I might not work in corporate anymore. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why we work for ourselves now. So I don't know. Well guys, oh, yeah. as you can I, tell, I talk crap to my boss all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. My wife does too. Uh, as you can tell, uh, Wait, why, you mean your real, your, your real boss? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. The real world <laughs> boss, right? I hundred percent agree with that. Her and my daughter now. So, uh, I think you guys can understand and see now why I wanted to have Roberto on the show again. Uh, maybe we can make this a thing. We do this maybe every six or so months, get him back on, talk about a really a pertinent topic of YouTube. Uh, he and I could go on about this stuff for hours on end. This is what we do. We're in this space on a daily basis and talking with someone who's just as passionate about as I am is just an absolute joy and an honor. And Roberto, before I let you go today, tell the audience where they can find you and uh, also briefly uh, a little bit about kind of your relationship with TubeBuddy. All right. So uh, where you can find me is uh, youtube.com slash RobertoBlake2, just like the number two. Uh, you can also find me at robertoblake.com and at robertoblake everywhere in social media. Also, remember to check out the Create Something Awesome Today podcast over in iTunes and SoundCloud. And just a little bit of context on me and uh, TubeBuddy is that uh, TubeBuddy is the secret weapon that I use for optimizing my YouTube channel. We talked about titles, descriptions, tags. It really helps me with those tasks. It also helps me with bulk editing features so that when I get sponsors or affiliates, and if I need to edit some old videos to include those links, I can actually use the bulk editing options in TubeBuddy to help with that. And after the first you know, 24 hours in YouTube, I can actually push one button to publish my videos to Facebook and get some more attention for my brand. So. I definitely encourage you guys to use uh, TubeBuddy. Go check it out, TubeBuddy.com slash awesome, and use code ROBERTOSBUDDY. That is my TubeBuddy affiliate link, and you'll get 20% off your TubeBuddy plan. And guys, again, this is the tool that I use every day uh, to help my videos grow, and it's helped my most successful video go to almost a million views. It had 3,000 views in the first 24 hours. You would think that was going to be a dead video or a flop or whatever, and it's a year later at a million views, and I couldn't have done it without TubeBuddy. So you definitely should be checking it out. Also, Dusty, in the show notes, can we link to uh, some of the um, some of the help articles around AdWords to help people understand uh, the things that they exclude and things uh, for the demonetization? Because I think that the biggest issue some people have is that it's just hard for them to find the information and to know what to do about it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'll link those in there. I'll do some research, kind of get some uh, some of the best links to the top there. I'll put those in the show notes for the podcast. The, the, this, this one's going live on Friday, so you'll be listening to this on Friday in the weekend. And guys, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much, Roberto, for spending some time with me today. And until next time, guys, keep pressing that record button. All right, stay awesome. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show, as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.